0: Thanks for taking the time to check out The 1-5 Cast, where our episodes are fast on your time and filled with substance. Subscribe to our cast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Follow us on Instagram at The 1-5 Cast, and follow our host Will Chase at Dubchase on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the show!
1: So, Jay, man, it's just been like a crazy, crazy, crazy week in sports, even mm-hmm. though we and, and, I, and I guess I, I, I say that to say just thinking about what was said um, a couple of days ago um, on April 13th, uh, where it came out where Charles Oakley, who was a part of the I wouldn't call them a dynasty, but I, I guess I would refer to them as the badass Knicks of the 90s from my childhood that I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Charles Oakley, who I often look at as the, he was the heart and soul of that team, I would say. Mm -hmm. He was that, that he was that, he was that, like I said, he was that heart and soul guy. But he said some really interesting things um, recently. Um, He said that uh, Patrick Ewing, who was no question the best player on that team by far. Mm -hmm. um, Oakley said that Every adversity that, that team faced, he felt that Patrick Ewing ducked away from it i mean h- how how do you feel about that I- I'll hold off my opinion on that I- I- I'll defer to you first
0: I'm not too sure he ducked away from it i I feel like I feel like he took the adversity because he was the best player, and he he led them to the finals multiple times. He did what he had to do, but everybody else didn't step up. plus the organization probably didn't do a good enough job. Putting the right pieces around him, like who else is their other scorer on that team? Jo- John Starks, Again, I can't even think of like who else is like, going to really you know get them buckets? So Pat worked with what he had, and it just came, he just came up short.
1: Okay, And, and, and just to, to, to back it up here for a second, mm-hmm. So Oakley was on a CBS radio sports show called mm-hmm. The DA Show. Yeah. And his exact quote, what he said exactly was, he could never put us on his back like he should have because every adversity he ducked away from, Oakley said of Ewing. So that's exactly what was said. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right. When you look at that Knicks team, the the, the two scorers on that team were Patrick Ewing and John Starks. Mm-hmm. You know, But one could also say that John Starks, one man and one man alone shot the Knicks out of the 1994 NBA Finals. You know? <laughs> he did. He looked at <laughs> Game 7 where yeah. you know he couldn't, he couldn't buy a shot, and yeah. it happens. But that's, you, know, you can't put that blame on John Starks either because at the end of the day, basketball is a team effort. And to any of my listeners or any of Jay's listeners, listen to Jay's latest podcast where he talks about something that Jeff Van Gundy talked about when it comes to the way that championships are won and great players and how it doesn't take away from their greatness that they don't win one and how it is a team effort. It's just not that one superstar. It's, it's multiple things that you need, multiple ingredients that you need to win that championship. And I think for Charles Oakley to say that, I think me personally, I think Charles Oakley said it so that we would just have something to talk about. Yeah, um, I think, you know, he, cause his, His whole issue, you know, the incident that happened with him at the Garden and James Dolan, you know, Mm -hmm. that was a big thing in the media. So I think he's, I think Oakley's wanting, like I said, just, I wouldn't say it's attention, but it's just, I think he's just giving people something to say and something to talk about. Yeah, pretty much. Clearly, I mean, for him to say that Ewing ducked away from adversity, I think that there was any adversity that Knicks team faced, you know, Ewing was leading them night in and night out. I mean, if we think about this, Patrick Ewing, you know, very well, you know, you could you could argue the argument can be made that Patrick Ewing is a top 10 center, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and I think the the only thing that people can that, that would knock against him. And I don't even think it's a knock. People would try to hold it against him. Well, he didn't win an MVP. But hell, how could he? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the centers that he was playing against. Hakeem Ilajuwon, David Robinson. You know, so, I mean, he was playing against Check. some, you know what I mean? He was playing against some very he was playing in the era of very high level centers where the Mm -hmm. big man mattered in the NBA Mm -hmm. and unlike his, his counterparts in David Robinson and Ikeem Ilajuwon, those guys had teams that were built around them. So their teams were able to have success and win Mm -hmm. championships because their teams were built around them. The Knicks, I wouldn't still much necessarily say they were necessarily built around Patrick Ewing. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was some, he had some bits and pieces. Um, because I mean, let's face it, John Starks. I mean, that guy was back in groceries and, you know what I'm <laughs> and he was on the squad. So you can't say that this is a team that they really scouted out and, and were scouting guys, you know mm-hmm. and, and then you know I mean then the one player that I thought that Ewing had, who was close to a Hall of Famer to play with, I, I, I thought that the one guy that he possibly had to help him, like I said, that that was somewhat of a Hall of famer Hall of Famer level in my opinion, for uh, Patrick Ewing, was maybe Mark Jackson, but he only had him for two, for maybe two years because Mark Jackson mm-hmm. won rookie of the year in 87 and then the Knicks being as dumb as they are, they <laughs> traded him away. Mm-hmm. And then the Knicks also had Sean Kemp and traded him away mm-hmm. before he even suited up for the Knicks. We also have to
0: remember this, though. As as you know, the Knicks, they, every year they're facing the Bulls. Nobody's getting past the Bulls in the playoffs, that like we have to put that in account. Nobody's get past Jordan. And then when Jordan leaves, the Knicks went to the finals. And then the Knicks' colors, their true colors, started to show when they have enough to get over the hump against the Rockets team. The Rockets team built around Elijah Wan. And at the end of the day, the Knicks is just like they're, they, they have like that one star, but they don't know how to like put pieces around that, that one star for them to succeed.
1: No. And I think you're absolutely right. I think that the Knicks, they just had that one star on Patrick Ewing and, you know, Starks made a couple of all-star games. Oakley made a couple of all-star games, but it's because they were riding the coattails of Patrick Ewing mm-hmm. because Patrick Ewing consistently in the nineties, um, I need to pull his stats up, but I would imagine that that Patrick clearly he was a 2010 guy. Yeah, definitely. And and, and I would think if I'm I'm gonna look this up right now, I, I would think that Patrick was probably even more so a a 24, 25, and 12 guy. Mm-hmm. And then me, you know, growing up in the tri-state, remembering these teams playing and, and watching the Knicks play on on the MSG channel. I remember Marv Albert, you know, with the play-by-play. He was constantly saying, rejected by Ewing, rejected by Ewing. You know, it was <laughs> exactly. constantly, you know, so Pat was, Pat was getting those blocks. Um, So, you know, I, I don't think that the Knicks team's not winning those championships. As easy as it is to put that on Pat Ewing, that, that's not him. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the one thing I think that it's earned that did hurt the Knicks, it was in, uh, what year was that? I want to say it was 95. Mm-hmm. Second round of the playoffs, we were going up against, and I'm saying we, I was not a part of that team. <laughs> they were going up against the Indiana Pacers and Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. And Reggie Miller, I, I'll never forget You know, It was eight seconds, 18 seconds left, and they were down by about maybe nine or 11. And, and Reggie Miller.
0: Eight points in nine he, seconds?
1: Right. <laughs> but but more so that. than that, though, I remember the ending towards one of those games. I think it was game seven, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Knicks win that game. They go to the conference finals to take on the younger Lando Magic team with Shaq and Penny. Mm-hmm. Ewing, with three seconds left in the game and the Knicks are down by one, mm-hmm. Ewing decides something that he would always just dunk it. It was just a quick flush down, boom, dunk it. He decides mm-hmm. to go for this damn finesse finger roll. And missed it. And misses it. The ball goes in and out. So that was blame that I understood. Mm-hmm. However, in playing basketball, and even being a basketball official, basketball games are not won. And even coaching teams, I don't do that anymore, but even coaching teams in the past, mm-hmm. a basketball game is not won in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's not lost in the last two minutes either. Mm-hmm. It's That's over that whole choice. 48. What did you do? You know, It's that shot that you missed in the first quarter. It's that bad pass that was made in the second. Oh, it was that timeout that you didn't take in the third. So mm-hmm. all those things factor in as to why you lose a basketball game. Exactly. But, but to the casual fan, into New York media, Patrick Ewing lost that game for the Knicks. Ultimately, in that mm-hmm. in something ultimately that's, you know, that would have been their chance to go to a second straight finals because of what you said, the Chicago Bulls were not at their peak level. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan just came back from the retirement. You know, and they would have had they would have had an inexperienced Orlando team, yeah. and I do think that that Knicks team was better suited for the Orlando Magic than the than the Indiana Pacers. Yep. you know, but you know, but it's it's so hard. You know, I don't, I don't, really, I really don't like to play the game of what if, what if, what if, mm-hmm. if, because we can only go by what what has happened. We can't go by what ifs. Be, because it, it, what if is a scenario? It, this is not the Avengers. This is not an alternate reality. So there is no, you know. So I don't, yeah. I don't like to play those scenarios of of what if. Mm-hmm. I mean, because because I mean, like, not to go too far off what we're talking about here, but I could say, well, what if Grant Hill had the same surgeons and same medicine and today's technology that Steph Curry had? Would Grant Hill be considered the best basketball player ever? Mm-hmm. Pro- probably. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, he probably yes, he probably would be in that conversation, but we don't know that because medicine isn't where it is today. Technology wasn't where it is back in the 90s. So we don't know and we'll never know. And that's and, I, and I've learned to be OK with that. That's yeah, true. You know, even well, when it comes to the whole GOAT talk, I think J. Cole said it best. You know, we'll never see LeBron versus Jordan, Kobe. All we know is that they're not. None of them are the same. They're not the same.
0: They're so different.
1: Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. Kobe. Yes, Kobe did model his game after Michael Jordan t- and took the and took what Michael Jordan did and perfected it to an extent you could say. Mm-hmm. But
0: Kobe did win without Shaq and Gasol,
1: right? And Mike mm-hmm. didn't win his six without Pippen, mm-hmm. and 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 more so than that. I think that when you think about it like that, I think that what's the word I'm looking for? Kobe, God rest his soul, and his, his untimely death and untimely passing off the court, people started to like Kobe. Even halfway through his career, people, when when he went to 24, mm-hmm. and at first you're like, Kobe's a jerk. I don't like him. I don't like him. But people started to get solved because it was like, wait a minute. As much as you don't like this guy, and I, I always liked him, but as much as most people didn't like him, mm. they'd love to have him on their team. Exactly. And and it was that softer side of Kobe that people liked. Whereas mm. with Michael Jordan, he was an asshole. Mm. And, That's what and,
0: he and, scared and, about that in the documentary.
1: You know, and, and guys didn't mm. like that. So once again, it goes to prove the point that they're not the same. Mm. You know, they're not the same. So oh, sure.
0: I, think it's Patrick, I mean, with Patrick Ewing, like he he didn't win, but like David Robinson didn't win before Tim Duncan, right? Elijah won one, but then he needed help. They got Clyde Drexler, so right? Like, at the end of the day, like all these all these teams had two Hall of Famers. You're not winning with just one Hall of Famer at the end of the day. Right. You need extra help. Absolutely, and Patrick, Ewing, and Patrick Ewing never had that, so it's like it. That's that's how it's been for the Knicks since since the 90s. like They had one star and then they they just couldn't get help for some reason.
1: Right. And like for Patrick, and and, I'm sorry, sorry, Patrick, and for Charles Oakley Mm -hmm. to say that, you know, Ewing, you know, should have put this team on his back. If I was the interviewer and if I was that radio show host, what I would have said, what I would have rebuttaled and not to start anything with, with, with Oak, but I would have just said, hey, Oak, I hear what you're saying, but you were a one time on All Star. You were a one time <laughs> All Star. So mm-hmm. why did you pick up some of the slack? You never mm-hmm. had a season where you were putting up 20 points a game. In your, in your lone All Star season, which I think was in 93, 94, you're only averaging 11 damn points a game. So what were you doing? <laughs> you were ducking away from adversity. You were mm-hmm. the first one to start the fight. And you, know, you, were, you were the one who maybe start the fight or beat it to have a guy's back. But what did you do? What, what did you bring to the table? Yes, exactly. you did a lot of things that we couldn't see in the stat sheet, but it still didn't, it, it, that still didn't matriculate to a championship in New York, Oakley. So mm-hmm. you know it, it's very easy to throw stones mm-hmm. than to take them. So that that that's my thing with Charles Oakley. It's like, oh, what did, you had that one season, and mind you, that season that you made the All Star game, Oak. Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan's retired from basketball that year, so. Mm-hmm. Open spot. <laughs> so I mean, so it's like, you know, so so like to, to to dog Pat, I don't understand that. You know, like I said, you know, Oak's Oak's whole career with the Knicks, um, you know, he, he started off in Chicago, then he was traded to the Knicks, and then he his first three seasons were in Chicago, mm. and then he was with the Knicks for ten seasons. And over those ten seasons with the Knicks, he was average ten points a game. So those to me if you're supposed to be my number two guy, you're going to have to score more than 10 damn points for me to win a championship. I'm sorry. exactly. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. 10 points ain't cutting it. You know what I'm saying? And then if mm-hmm. we look at John Starks, you know, let's just look at John Starks, uh, his seasons with the Knicks and, and his scoring. So Starks had a career average of 12 and a half per game. um, And he spent eight seasons with the Knicks and just one all-star. And that was in that, that 93, 94 season. And that was his best season uh, scoring wise. He was, he was, he was putting up 19 a game that year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even when I look at that though, he still wasn't even with that 19 points a game, John Starks, don't even think he was an all NBA that year. So it's like, it's still not enough. there's there's still what could doing have done you still need it's like you said you still need help you still need help Mm. that's just the bottom line you can't you're not going to win a championship by yourself it's not possible and and i think that's what sometimes i think that fans don't realize when they look at michael jordan they say michael did this but yeah but michael didn't win those without scotty all six of michael's rings were with scotty pippen and then Mm. You know, the first three of those six were with BJ Armstrong, Horace Grant. It was a supporting cast there for him. Bill Cartwright, Will Purdue. There was a there was a there was a supporting cast. Then that second batch, that second three P, you know, that supporting cast was Ron Harper, Tony Kukoc, uh who else am you uh, know, Steve Kerr, um, Luke Longley, uh, you know, so there there were some pieces. Dennis Rodman. So there were some pieces there that, and I'm not saying that these guys, you know, I'm not saying that, yo, Luke Long, you're super nice. No, Luke Long, it was seven feet. That's part of the reason why he made it to the NBA, okay? So, exactly. so <laughs> these guys super nice. but I'm just saying that, you know, he didn't, Mike did not do these things by himself, but just, I don't know if that's cryptic. I don't know if there's maybe a beef there with Charles Oakley, if there was a beef there that he had with uh, Patrick or something, or I, I don't know, I just thought it was really just, out of him to feel that. I mean, that. Oakley didn't
0: win a championship either, so he has no room to talk.
1: Right. So, so that's why I just don't understand um, his reason in saying that. So now, I guess, to keep it a little bit more further down this this rabbit hole, uh, I guess we could kind of go down this one. Uh, there was a meme that, you know, a lot of people have a lot of times on their hands here lately, so a lot of memes have, have mm. been created. So, uh, One meme that um, that has been getting a lot of uh, static, I should say, or a lot of uh, momentum, it's been gaining, Mm and it's it's actually something I want to your Latest episodes that you you, that you uh, talked about, and so we'll we'll touch on for just a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it says, "Which one would you have rather seen happen? Derrick Rose never getting injured." Chris Paul to the Lakers trade, to the Lakers, uh, you know, if that trade was not vetoed, um, Mm -hmm. OKC never being split up. And the the, the three not being split up are Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or Kobe and LeBron facing off in the finals. Mm -hmm. For me, this is really simple. Mm -hmm. Derrick Earl's never getting injured. That's, Mm -hmm. like I said to me, like I said earlier, that's, that that's playing that would if scenario. So there's no need to even so that for me that's an that's a hard pass no. Yeah. OKC splitting up, once again, that's a hard pass no because OKC decides to split up and it wasn't the players, it was mm-hmm. the team being cheap. And, mm-hmm. and well well, I take that back. It was a combination of the team being cheap, and then it was also because basketball was different back then. we are only talking 10 years ago. Yeah. But basketball was different. Well, actually we're talking nine years ago, two thousand eleven basketball was different because it was still about the big man to an extent, even though the big mm. man was starting to fade away. So they chose to keep Serge Ibaka over James Harden. That was the reason why they did that because they didn't want to have to pay both those guys. So they figured, mm. hey, let's stay with the big man because a wing player is, is a dime a dozen, I think, and that was the, the mindset of their management. So
0: doubling back on that, also we want to know if James Harden would become the offensive force that he is now because if he, he were to stay in that OKC team.
1: Right, because he was, he was the sixth man on that team. And I didn't see mm-hmm. them. in the way that their chemistry was, and, and as content as he was, I, I I don't think he would have ever really been the starter on that team. Not saying that he wasn't been good enough, but it was just mm-hmm. – it, it would just throw their team off. They're,
0: just the makeup of the
1: team. Yeah. Yeah, because
0: they had the defender in Cephalosha in the starting line. Right. So they you want to have that offensive score from Harden off the bench. So Exactly. I mean, when, when they was, when those three was on the court together, it was really good. Like – don't get me wrong, but I just think for, like, the, the team makeup and how things work in the leagues, you know, at the time, you didn't have, like, three stars like that dominating the ball. Right. Three perimeter players. So the fact that Harden come off the bench will make OKC a lot deadlier. I think it's, I wish we could have seen a few more years of it, but I just don't think Harden would have became the player he was today. Or or Westbrook, too, because Westbrook got MVP after
1: Durant, everybody else, right, mm-hmm. and then the other one on here is the the face-off in the finals of LeBron and Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know that goes back to that should have happened, but it goes back yeah. to what we've already said: um, mm-hmm. a championship is not won alone. Mm-hmm. And LeBron had that Cleveland team to the he led them to the best record. I think they were like yeah. sixty-seven and fifteen or sixty-eight and fourteen. But mm-hmm. he had no help. He didn't have any guy, and he lost to a. He got through. They they made it through, the Celtics. But the problem mm-hmm. was, or they may have avoided the Celtics that year, but they they couldn't get through in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. They couldn't get past Dwight Orlando. Howard in the Orlando mm-hmm. Magic. But that Orlando Magic team, people don't realize how good that team was because that mm-hmm. team was built around their star. Their star was Dwight Howard. But the way that Stan Van Gundy had that team, you know, it was Dwight Howard in the middle. And he was surrounded by four lethal shooters. He had four guys mm-hmm. that were around him that could erupt for six threes any given night. He had exactly. Jameer Nelson. Uh, what was, was my man's name? Um, Rashard Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hidu Turkalu. And it was one other person that they had. Who was that fourth guy? Who was the other guy? It was between
0: Michael Petris, Courtney Lee, mm-hmm. and JJ Reddick. Yep. They used to interchangeable. There was interchangeable yep. at that time. Yep, and that's what mm-hmm.
1: I'm saying. Yep. And that when that's so that so that face off it, it it wasn't gonna happen. There was no way LeBron and them were gonna beat that team because that team had mm-hmm. way more firepower than that mm-hmm. Cast team. You know, mm-hmm. LeBron just wasn't enough. And LeBron mm-hmm. was coming to get to his prime, but that just still wasn't enough. You just one man can't do it. Yeah. I think the one thing that I would love to have seen happen that that should have happened was the Chris Paul to the LA Lakers. At the time, mm-hmm. they were the New Orleans Hornets. They're the Pelicans now, but they were the New Orleans Hornets. And at the time, they did not have an owner. The team was owned by the NBA. And mm-hmm. the trade went through. Everything worked out financially, but but I think that the owners or the governing body of the NBA, the trade went through. And then I think that the governors or the, the governing body of the NBA, they pretty much, in my opinion, they chumped David Stern to make him veto it. He got chumped. Yeah. I think they chumped him. It was like, no, nah, that can't happen. And I just would have just liked to see if it would have worked. I think because Colby and Chris Paul are two very dominant players that need the ball in their hands. They're both very yeah. you know ball-dominant players. That's why I didn't think it would work. So I would have just wanted to see how that would have worked, especially because – Kobe commanded so much from his teammates and I'm not the biggest fan of Chris ball, but yeah. I, so I would have liked to have seen how that would work. But once again, I'm not going to, you know, go into the whole what if game, because mm-hmm. that's just, you know, it's, you're, 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 we're talking about things that, that could have happened, should have happened. And that's just, I feel like if we do that, we're sounding like the, the bitter high school girlfriend, you know, so it, it's no need to do that, <laughs> you know, but, mm-hmm. but I do want to end it on this though. Um, this came out here in the wall street journal recently. Uh, Mm -hmm. Stefan Marbury, Mm -hmm. um, was kind of influential in some ways in getting the NBA to stop their season. Um, Mm. because, you know, he's over in China and, you know, Steph, you know, he left the NBA, um, for better or worse, he went over to China, and he balled out. One championship's over there. He's got a statue outside the arena. It's coaching mm-hmm. over there. So he's doing his thing in China. So he's he got
0: a museum over there, too. Right. He has a
1: museum. So there's no need for him mm-hmm. to ever really come back to the U.S. when he's being appreciative there in China. So mm-hmm. what happened was he, um, he, he was over there. And what happened was he was back over here. He was over here having to quarantine with his family here in the U S this is about maybe two weeks before everything went down because everything got shut down over in China. So they were saying how he actually sent an email to Adam silver saying like, Hey man, this is, you know, this is a serious thing, man. You know, and, and, and silver did acknowledge it. yeah, he did email me this. And, you know, we were talking collectively on, on high levels in the NBA as far as what to do. And then well, five days later, so it was around March 8th. And then five days later on the 13th of March is when the NBA season you know, when it came out that you know there, it was going to be put on hold or or postponed, and and until this pandemic kicking under control, you know, and I just think you know, and then one thing with, with Stefan Marbury, you know, he was working on getting one million mask, um, n niNety five mask over here, as you know this as our country is you know is is at a standstill and and at a need for uh, preventative equipment and life saving equipment. And I just think this kudos to stuff on Maulberry. I think, you know, this is just showing, you know, how things are kind of coming full circle for him, 360. You know, um, I feel like he was the the pride of Coney Island. And, you know, his NBA career I thought was was destined for promise. And hell, at one point in the NBA, he was the top five point guard. Um and, you know, the Knicks, once again, they had him and just didn't do right by him. They didn't do right by Criminal Anthony, so they just don't do right by the stars that they do get here late. That's like a new trend of the Knicks, I feel like. But, you know, in the end, it it looks like it's working out for for him for better. Um, And it's just kind of funny to me because it's like it's it's, it's crazy that, you know, he doesn't get love in the U.S., but when he goes to somebody else's backyard, they love him and appreciate him and appreciate his greatness and accept him for who he is. Did you see his documentary? I have not had a chance to watch the – Documentary on Amazon, but I plan on watching it this weekend.
0: Yeah, I watched it last weekend. It was actually really good. It, it actually opened my eyes of a lot that was happening in his life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it made me, I mean, I always appreciated Barberry, because, like, he's from New York and I was always a fan of his game. And, but, like, seeing that made me realize a lot more about him and maybe appreciate him more because, like, he went through so much. And he, he I mean, he lived the dream and then. I mean, ultimately, he was blackballed out the NBA and had to go to China pretty much to, like, redeem his legacy. But, I mean, he went over to China. He, like, for the most part, you can say that he influenced a lot of the NBA players who have who didn't make it in the NBA long term and decided to go to China and had careers over there. And Marvin was, like, pretty much the start, the pioneer of doing that.
1: Absolutely. So... That is all I have today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Jay, as always, thank you for your time and your presence. Thank you for having me. It is very much appreciated, as always. Thank you.
0: No problem. Thank you. Once again, thank you for tuning into this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to our cast that's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at the One5Cast and follow our host, Will Chase, at DubChase on Instagram.